1: It's National Wheaties Week. (laughs) Yes, it's National Wheaties Week, and Wheaties present Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment. Another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though, trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize it's going to involve my trying to hold Western Europe together with two mirrors, a book of matches, and a rusty razor blade. Good morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you wanted to see me.
3: I do, Steve. You're flying to Paris. Mm. But don't get any ideas.
2: Well, I can dream, can't I? I'm afraid
3: this dream is going to turn into a nightmare. Oh, swell. What's the deal? Tell me, what do you know about Aristide
2: Reynal, Steve? Reynal? Oh, sure. The Swiss Sherlock Holmes, a sleuth of the old school, complete with a derby hat, umbrella, and false faces. What a very right guy even if he is left-handed <laughs> and also one of the sharpest little detectives in the world that's right
3: but i see you don't know the latest about him
2: what's that last night in paris aristide rinald was murdered what yeah,
3: i'm sorry to hear that i i really liked the little guy who did it we think it was our old friend lupac steve lupac is he still on the loose more than ever now steve i don't have to tell you about lupac he's a hired killer and the cleverest man we've ever had in our hair i'll tell you how clever he is He's been operating five years that we know of. We're fairly sure he's implicated in at least a half-dozen assassinations,
2: and yet no one even has a description of him. Yeah, I know that. Look, Commissioner, Aristide Reynal was a sort of a friend of mine, but I don't think you'd be sending me over to Paris to find Lupac for that reason.
3: No, there's a lot more to it than friendship,
2: Steve. You see,
3: representatives of several European nations have been trying to hold top-secret conversations in Paris for the last week. What do you mean they've been trying? Every time they schedule a meeting, one of the representatives meets with a fatal accident, and I don't mean accident. I see. We think Lupak is responsible for those murders, that he's been hired to hamstring those negotiations. Now, Steve, they're going to try to meet again next Monday. Lupak's got to be caught before then. Get over to Paris, work with Inspector Muir out of the Sûreté, and find Lupak. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: assignment will continue in a moment. Now, here is the Wheaties man,
4: Frank Martin. Say, friends, are you celebrating proper? It's National Wheaties Week, you know. National meaning everybody coast to coast. Wheaties meaning the whole wheat flakes with a wholehearted energy. And week meaning seven big days for you and me to buy them, try 'em, try and tell the neighbors. I'm eating them. My family's eating them. How about you and yours? Get Wheaties yourself and get with America. Come on, it's National Wheaties Week.
2: That's what I like about my job. The commissioner's always so nice to me. He gives me a whole weekend in Paris, and all I have to do is find a killer nobody's ever lived to describe. I should be so lucky. Well, it's Friday when I get to Paris. I go to the headquarters of the French Surete, and Inspector Murat is waiting for me.
5: Mitchell, all of us here at the Surete feel we have lost an honored colleague in Monsieur Aristide Renal.
2: Uh, what facts can you give me about Renal's murder, Inspector?
5: Unfortunately, very few. We know only that Renault's body was discovered yesterday morning in the apartment of a man named Bellog.
2: Bellog? Who's he?
5: We have no idea, Mitchell. This Bellog has dropped completely out of sight. Mm. Do you have any description of him? We have managed to piece together a slight description by questioning the other Tevins. Bellog is a small man, dark, with a mustache and a Van Dyke beard. He customarily wears horn rimmed glasses and a beret.
2: Great. That description could fit a thousand guys in Paris. True. You know... There's a little idea pecking at my brain, Murat.
5: I should not be surprised if it were the same idea that occurred to me, Mitchell. Namely, that this mysterious Monsieur Belog might be the hired killer we seek, Lupin.
2: Yeah. You got a key to this Belog's apartment, Commissioner?
5: Yes. We have left everything untouched for the time being.
2: Good. Come on. I'd like to take a look at it.
5: As you can see it is quite a simple apartment
2: yeah pretty bare you spot any items of interest here
5: a rusty razor blade in the bathroom oh
2: well let's take a look yeah and some whiskers in the washbowl
5: it is possible that Baylog, after the killing decided to shave off his mustache and beard
2: so now we're looking for a little man with horn-rimmed glasses with or without mustache and beard you know <laughs> we're getting less to go on by the minute funny Indeed.
5: I do not see any humor in it. No, no, no.
2: I mean, this guy, Baylog must have been a pretty vain gent. How do you mean? He's got two mirrors in here.
5: We, oui, I noticed
2: that. One of them here over the washbowl on the left side of the room in the corner, and another one in the middle of the wall.
5: Mm, perhaps he needed more light. There's
2: as much light here as there
5: is there. You are right. It is strange. Well, anything else, Inspector? Uh, there on the table in front of you. Hmm? This matchbook? Yes. Note that there are but two matches remaining on the right side.
2: Right now, I'm more interested in noting the name on the cover. Hugo's, what's that?
5: A small restaurant on the Boulevard de Clichy. Mm. Well,
2: when you don't know where to start, I guess one place is as good as any other, Inspector. Besides, I'm hungry anyway. I'll see you later. head for Hugo's. And, of course, every other guy I see on the way there answers Baylog's general description, which gives me a good idea what a sweet job is going to be, finding him. Inside the restaurant, a mournful-looking little gent is circulating from table to table, sawing away at a fiddle for the benefit of a few moonstruck couples. Then a tall, skinny gent spots me standing in the doorway and comes up to me.
6: Welcome, welcome to Hugo's, monsieur.
2: Are you the official greeter? <laughs> I am Hugo. Oh, good. I'd like to talk to you. Where can we sit? Why, uh, at this table right here.
6: But if you are selling anything, I am not in the market. Business, it stinks. Don't worry, I'm not selling anything. No, my friend, I now have much warmer feelings toward you. In that case, I would like
2: to sell you something a
6: dinner fit for oils.
2: Ah, uh, later. But right now, I'd like a little information. Did you ever hear the name Balog before? Balog? Balog? What are you doing, memorizing it? Oh, but of course, Bailog. A steady customer,
6: noble. Oh, at
2: least he was. Was what? A noble soul or a steady customer?
6: In Hugo's mind, there is no difference, my friend. But to be brief, I have not seen Monsieur Bailog in here for the last
2: few days. I don't wonder. But before that, he used to come in regularly, huh?
6: Now you're making me slightly uncomfortable,
2: monsieur. Mitchell, why?
6: Uh, (laughs) Mitchell, uh, very simple. When inquiries are made about my steady customers, sometimes makes them very nervous. Uh, Then they become unsteady customers. And then Hugo's nerves become unsteady because it means he's losing money. I get it. You think five bucks American would steady your nerves, Hugo? (laughs) Would be interesting experiment. Uh, Place the bill in my (laughs) hands.
2: Here you are. Uh
6: Uh-huh. The experiment worked. <laughs> see, my fingers—they are not quivering one bit. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Now, about filling me in on this guy Belloc. Of course, of course. He came in here regularly, uh, usually in company of another man. Uh,
2: what did this other man look like?
6: Oh, he was small, about Baylock's size, uh, very inconspicuous-looking man. Let me see. I believe he usually wore a derby hat and carried
2: umbrella with him. Derby hat, umbrella. Hey, wait a minute. Look, here, uh, take a look at this picture. This Uh isn't the guy by any chance, is it? But, but of course, the very man. And you say that he and Balog were in here together all the time? Yes, yes, yes. yes. You know the man in this picture? I knew him. His name was Aristide Renal. Well, the two of them seem quite friendly. Hmm. I don't get it, unless. Don't get what, my friend? I'll skip it. Well, thanks for the information, Hugo. Oh, but uh, there is more. Huh? Indeed. Let
6: us say that you have paid only for the main course of the dinner. Uh, There remains dessert.
2: You know, I don't see why you bother serving food in this place. You seem to do pretty well without it. (laughs) One must leave, my friend. Okay, steady fingers. Here's another five spot. Now, how about the dessert? Ah, you see, over at corner table alone. The girl? Who else? Well, you said dessert and you weren't kidding. French pastry yet. Who is she? Celeste. A, um, shall we
6: say, friend of Baylock's. Mm,
2: that gives me three good reasons for talking to her. Three? What are the other two? Her eyes, of course. Well, I'll see you later, Hugo. Hi. Hello. Mind if I join you? Why not? Good question.
3: I am drinking Pernod in case you want to buy me another drink.
2: Sounds like an open and shut in case. Waiter, Pernod and uh, Scotch. Oui, monsieur. Oui, You're a friend of Baylog's, aren't you? Why? You've seen him lately? Why? Your needle is stuck. <laughs> uh, I owe him some money.
6: Give it to me. I will give it to him. No, thanks.
2: Not that I don't trust you. I just don't trust you. <laughs> I'd rather give it to him myself, Celeste.
3: Suit yourself. I have not seen him lately. I
2: see. Did you ever hear him use any other name beside Lebuck? Other names? Lupac, for instance.
3: For instance, no. But why do we talk about Balog? He bores me. I know something much more interesting to talk about. What's that? Celeste and... uh... Steve. Celeste and Steve. Sounds nice.
2: Yeah. Might be an interesting topic of conversation at that. Uh, Where do you think it would lead us?
3: Maybe to 36th Rue Sedan. What's there? My place.
2: Oh, well... Here are your drinks, Missy. Scotch and Pernod. You're a little late, Buster. We're leaving. There you are. Merci, Monsieur. Buster. The drinks. What shall I do with them? Well, you might. No, no, just drink them. Come on, Celeste. We drive up and stop at her place and start in. Then I catch a glimpse of a figure standing in the shadows of the alley across the street. Could be Bailogs, alias Lupak... Celeste promises to wait, goes inside, and I walk down to the end of the block. Then I cross over and circle around that block. I came up the alley behind the guy, but when I get into the alley, there's enough light to tell me that no one else is in there. I come out across the street from Celeste's apartment, and still no one in sight. I start to turn for another look back down the alley, but just then an arm swings down out of the doorway beside me, and something awfully hard connects over my right ear. Knocks me to the ground. I fight to get up on my hands and knees, but just as I do, I get it again. I grab for the legs in front of my blurry eyes, but this guy must be enjoying it. The third time is the charm. Out I go.
1: Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a moment. It's National Wheaties Week. Hello, this is Frank Martin, the family man.
4: Yes, sir, a family man with a wife and a son and a home like yours. Pretty much like the man around your house, I'll bet. I wake up hungry, and I do mean hungry. But my wife, bless her heart, has a cure for that. She has Wheaties ready with bananas sliced and the cream right handy. You know, that sure is a wonderful way to treat a man. So why don't you try it on yours during National Wheaties Week? If he's anything like me, he'll go for those Wheaties. Yes, and they can help keep him going, too. There's a whole kernel of wheat in every Wheaties flake. Not bad, huh? A whole kernel. So I'm asking you to try Wheaties once during National Wheaties Week, won't you? Try
1: And now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell.
5: Mitchell! Mitchell! Oh. Mitchell! What? oh
2: inspector mirad oh
5: you are not so bad off after all i don't
2: take any bets on that Oh, I'm glad. brother my head what happened anyway oh,
5: oh well one of my patrolmen heard a commotion he saw a man dragging you into this alley the man fled when the patrolman saw your identification papers he called me and here i am
2: looks like i was about to get taken for the well-known ride who hit you i wish i knew could have been Baylog. hey <clears throat> that reminds me come on inspector we should have a talk with celeste
5: No answer. She may have gone. On the other hand, she may be hiding in there. You
2: got a pass key? We. Oui. Let's find out. Very well. Here it is. Now watch it. Balog may be inside, too.
5: That possibility has also occurred to me.
2: I'll get the lights. <laughs> Empty. You know, there's something that bothers me about this whole setup. What is it? That's the trouble. I can't put my finger on it. It's like listening to a pretty little tune and hearing a discord every now and then. Like, for instance... Hugo told me that Baylog and Aristide Renal were regular customers at his restaurant and that they seemed very friendly.
5: Monsieur Renal was what we might call a detective of the old school. I am sure the idea of assuming another identity and befriending Baylog would have appealed to him.
2: Yeah, like I say, that could be it. And if that was the only discord, I wouldn't pay any attention to it. There are others. Just little ones like, why the two mirrors in Baylog's bathroom?
5: You think there is a significance there? Right
2: now, I'm having trouble thinking at all with this lump on my head. Look. I'm going back to Hugo's and see if he can give me any more leads on Celeste. I'll check with you later at headquarters.
6: Ah, good evening, Monsieur Nitz. Hello, Hugo. Hey, uh, looks like you're doing quite a business. No, these are not customers, they are would be waiters. Waiters, uh, waitress, wait. Today I need a waiter. I put in paper advertisement, and they pour in a flood. Oh, but I do not think that you come back here to
2: talk about waiters. Did you find your friend, Balog? No, no, I can't even find Celeste. No. Hey, uh, there's ten bucks in it for you if you let me know the next time she drops in here. Ten bucks? Ten bucks. Is it a deal? <laughs> My friend, for that I will not
6: only let you know, I will have her here waiting for you, in chain.
5: Ah, Mitchell, were you able to find out anything more at Hugo's?
2: Only that he's having employment troubles.
5: Uh, tell me, are you still hearing little discords in this tune we are listening to?
2: Yes, I am. I'm beginning to think that the discords could add up to a whole new tune. But <laughs> uh, anyway. Hmm.
5: Hello? You're We? Oui.
7: What?
3: Very
5: well. The trail is warming up, Mitchell. How so? At your suggestion, I have had one of my men watching Celeste's apartment. He reports that a man answering Bellog's general description just went inside.
2: OK. Well, that sort of knocks my new tune into a cocked hat. Come on, let's go. Better stop here, Inspector. Celeste's apartment is just ahead. Great. There's a small open car parked up there in front of the apartment house.
5: Yes, that is the car the suspect arrived in, according to the report my man gave me. Look,
2: here he comes out the door.
5: He's getting into the car. Mitchell, we must not let him escape.
2: Hold it. Doesn't look like he's going anywhere. He's just sitting in the car. Huh. He's a little guy all right hugo said balog was a little guy he's
5: not wearing glasses however and he is clean shaven don't
2: forget those whiskers in balog's wash basin he could have shaved his beard off what are you going to do have a little talk with him i'll be back in a minute be
5: very careful mitchell
2: i beg your pardon oh what is it Have you got a match why of course here thanks say i wonder if you could help me help you yeah I'm a tourist here, and I need a little information. Oh, yeah. I'm rather in a
5: hurry, and... Well, this uh, won't
2: take a minute. Here. This is a timetable for the Underground Railway, but I can't seem to figure out where the nearest station is. Oh, very well. Excuse me. I must put on my glasses. Uh, so, now let me
6: see it. Uh, oui. Your nearest station is just off the boulevard de
2: Montparnasse. Uh, how do I get there? Uh, let me see You go down this street, two blocks, then over one, and then you turn... No, not so fast. Look, here's a piece of paper. Would you write it down for me? Oh, certainly. Sorry to put you to the trouble. Oh, it is
5: quite all right. Here you are.
2: Thank you very much. Well? I don't know. Could be Balog, all right. He had to put on glasses to read the timetable.
5: In that case, perhaps we meet you look.
2: Yeah, Celeste just jumped into his car. Come on, here, I right, get this baby started. We don't want to lose him now. So, for the next 30 minutes, we chase them down a dozen assorted side streets and alleys, but we can't seem to gain on them. Finally, we spot their car pulled up in front of a four story warehouse. Neither the little guy nor Celeste is in the car. We pull up behind it.
5: There must be somewhere in that building, Mitchell. Yeah, but where? This is a lot of building looks like. Well, one of us had better go to the rear entrance, the other take the front. Okay, you, Merck. Get back! <laughs> Mon
2: dear. Brother. Well, yeah, this is the guy we were chasing, all right, or what's left of him.
5: Hmm. No identification on him. But that does not surprise me. Well, Mitchell, the case is closed. Our little friend, Delog, realized he was cornered. He preferred to administer justice to himself. Did he? I know what you are thinking, that perhaps he was pushed off the building. Well, perhaps he was. It is no matter. Either way, it would appear our case is closed.
2: Yeah, yeah, Murat. That's just the way it would appear.
5: Monsieur Mitchell... International cooperation is a wonderful thing, and it has been a privilege to work with you in this affair. But I must say, I am becoming increasingly annoyed at your present attitude. Sorry. It is true we have identified the body as that of Harold Provder, an unemployed waiter. But to me, this means nothing. If Baylog was Lupak, as we believe him to be, he was quite capable of assuming a dozen different identities. I know
2: all that, Inspector.
5: But I tell you, the whole thing fits into place. Observe. First, we know that Aristide Reynal was on the trail of the notorious Lupac. Second, Reynal is murdered in the apartment of a mysterious little man named Baylog. Third, we know that Celeste is a friend of Baylog's.
2: Fourth, fourth, we chase Celeste and a little guy to a warehouse. The little guy takes a dive or gets pushed off the roof. Exactamo. And
5: furthermore, this little guy, as you call him, answers Baylog's description, even to the horn-rimmed glasses which he put on to write directions for you when you approach. Hey,
2: hold it right there. You just said something, Inspector. I remember now. That little guy wrote out the directions for me right-handed. Is this so unusual? It's unusual enough to take us back to Baylog's apartment right now.
5: Baylog's apartment?
2: Well, surely a Baylog is dead. Baylog is dead, all right. But if my hunch is good, there's something a lot more important than Baylog in his apartment. But what could it be? The answer to this whole deal. <laughs> Inspector. One of the things you showed me when we were here in Balog's apartment before was this matchbook on the table.
5: But, of course, that led us to Hugo's restaurant.
2: Yeah, and that's all I was paying attention to at the time. I should have paid more attention to the fact that the remaining matches were on the right-hand side of the book. That means the person who was using those matches was left-handed.
5: Grant, he picked off the matches with his left hand. Aristide Reynal was left-handed. Of course he was, Mitchell. We both know that. But what does that prove? We believe that Reynal was posing as a friend of Balog's. They ate dinner together. Reynal obviously visited this apartment. As a matter of fact, this is where his body was discovered, if you will remember. Yeah,
2: Reynal was left-handed. He probably used those matches. Now, come on into the bathroom. Very well. Now, this is the part I couldn't figure out before, Mirat, but it sure makes sense now, the two mirrors. But I still do not see... The regular mirror is over the washbowl right here in the left-hand corner of the room. True. Now, pretend you're Baylog and you're going to shave. And also, pretend you're left-handed.
5: Well, mm, all right. I would simply take a razor in my left hand and then...
2: Mitchell! Yeah, that's right, Inspector. There's not enough room between the mirror and the wall on the left side for a left-handed man to shave. Yes. You'd probably cut your nose off.
5: That is why Baylog set up the other mirror farther along the wall.
2: Yeah, Inspector, doesn't it strike you as a pretty big coincidence that both Reynal and Balog happened to be left-handed?
5: What are you suggesting?
2: I'm suggesting that Reynal and Balog were one and the same man.
5: What? But that is impossible. Is it?
2: Look, we know Reynal liked to adopt various disguises. I think he grew a beard, rented this apartment under the name of Balog, and went after Lupak. Then, when things got too warm, he shaved off his beard, but it was too late. Kupac killed him, and his body was correctly identified as Reynold.
5: But Hugo himself told us he had seen Raynal and Baylog dining together frequently in his restaurant. That's
2: the point, Inspector. That means that
5: That means
6: that Hugo was lying.
2: Hello, you... Hugo. I figured you'd be pretty close on our trail at this point.
6: I had to be sure you were convinced that the
2: little man who, shall we say, fell off the
6: roof was Baylog. Unfortunately, you are not convinced at all.
5: Then Hugo is Lupin.
6: That's about the way it adds up. I have that honor indeed. Uh, Inspector, the hand away from the pocket, please. I admit there are more artistic ways of killing than with this gun of mine, but I am practical man. I
2: always threw the weapon to the occasion. You were pretty smart in this deal, weren't you, Hugo? Up to a point. When you found out that we believed there was a guy named Balog and that he killed killed Raynal, you decided to keep the story alive. You even went so far as to hire a little waiter who might pass for Balog. You made a deal with him to take us on a chase through town. Then you shoved him off the building, hoping that would close the case and take the heat off of you. Stay where you are.
6: So it did not work. However, you are the only two who know it did not work, and
2: you can be easily disposed of. Uh, Mitchell, stay where you are. Don't worry, Hugo. I'm not getting any closer to you. I'm just walking sideways. Stop. You know, Hugo, for the first time in your life... You're going to have to make a choice. I said stop! Okay. What do you mean? Up to this point in your illustrious career, you've always been told who to kill. Now you've got to choose, me or Murat. I shall kill both of you. Oh, no. We're on opposite sides of the room now, and you're right in the middle. Whichever one you shoot, the other's going to jump you, and you won't have time to get us both. So which one of us it is going to be? Hugo? go. Hugo licks his lips, jerking his head first towards me and then Murat. My plan is working. I'm almost to the light switch. Hugo takes another quick look at Murat, and I grab the switch and drop to the floor. I know Murat's got his gun out by now like I have, but I also know Hugo's too smart to stay in one spot. I listen. No sound. I've got to figure out a way to trap him. Then I think of the small shaving mirror on the bathroom wall. I'm about two feet from the door. I ease into the bathroom flat on my stomach and get the mirror. Then I prop it up against the inside of the door so it'll reflect from behind the door out into the living room. I get behind the door and stick my gun through the crack. Then I take my cigarette lighter, reach back behind me, and light it. He takes a shot at the reflection, and I've got his location pegged. Murat!
5: I am all right, Mitchell.
2: Okay, I got the right guy then. Get the lights.
5: Oh, Indeed, you did get the right man, Mitchell.
2: Hmm. he's still alive, but I don't think for very long.
5: Your mirror device was most effective.
2: Well, I guess it was pretty fitting, Inspector. That mirror was what tipped us off to the whole deal anyway. It
5: would appear the old superstition about breaking a mirror is true. No, no, you're wrong
2: there, Inspector. This proves that that superstition is all wet. Hmm? (laughs) How do you mean? Well, breaking a mirror is supposed to bring seven years bad luck, isn't it? Well, yes, I, I guess it is. Ah, so it sure isn't true for Hugo, anyway. He should live that long.
1: You have just heard the conclusion of Dangerous Assignment. Now, here is the Wheaties' man, Frank Martin. It's National Wheaties' Week. Ha-ha, <laughs> that was
4: my wife. Sure, it's National Wheaties Week. So the Wheaties people ask her if she'd come to the studio tonight and tell the truth about me and Wheaties. Our little boy would have come, but he's only three and a half, and it's about time he was in bed. My wife's name is Maud Lee Martin, and she comes from Kentucky. Maybe you can tell it when you hear her talk.
1: Thank you, honey. Well, I'm surely glad to have a chance to celebrate National Wheaties Week because we're really fond of Wheaties at our house. Our little boy Jeff eats them right out of the box. Your Wheaties announcer, my husband, eats Wheaties, too. And I'd like to tell every wife listening, I really do think Wheaties make a great deal of difference in a man's work. I have a real nice feeling when I put Wheaties on the breakfast table because I know I'm giving my family a wonderful lot of real nourishment. If you haven't had Wheaties lately, pick up a package when you're at the store tomorrow and join the Martins at breakfast, won't you?
4: Sure, do that. It's National Wheaties Week. Come
3: on, everybody, to the Wheaties party. Eat a lot of Wheaties, like the champions do. Dance together cheek to cheek. This is National Wheaties Week. Eat a lot of Wheaties, like the champions do. Wheaties, a breakfast of champions.
1: Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Reif, with music composed by Basil Adlam and conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed by Bill Carr. Join us again next Wednesday when Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell embarks on another dangerous assignment. And this is the Wheaties
4: man, Frank Martin, inviting you to listen Thursday, that's tomorrow night, to Sarah Burner in Sarah's Private Caper on the Wheaties Big Parade. See you then. And remember, it's National Wheaties Week.
1: Dangerous Assignment came to you from Hollywood.
3: Three
0: weeks from tonight, the great.